The Out of Bounds Show is live, live from the Whiskey 61 Lounge in the Bank Plus Studio. Check, check, check. Man, we've got a uh, crazy QB room in Oxford that we don't know what it's going to look like over the next few months. And then baseball season starts uh, Friday as the reigning national champs take on Delaware. And according to my weather app, the high is going to be 41 on Friday. So, uh, bundle up, all you crazy, rabid college baseball fans. The, the high is a whopping 47 in Starville, for whatever that's worth. Both teams going to kind of kick it up a notch. Ole Miss, it looks here, is going to play at four. I don't know if they're going to move that up or not. Mississippi State's going to play at three. And then I see a noon first pitch for the Rebs um, on Saturday, which is smart. Get a little sunshine. Uh, Out of Bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone, brought to you by RPT and Rick's Pro Truck. Number one uh, Jeep truck accessory stores in Mississippi. Rick'sProTruck.com, RPT and Glugstat, Flowwood, and RPT Commercial. We're going to go to the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line and welcome in uh, Stephen Willis with Locked On Ole Miss to talk uh, Ole Miss football and baseball. Stephen, good morning. How are you? How you doing, Bo? You doing all right? I'm doing well. Uh, I'm I'm even better now that we've got all this uh, these transfers coming into Ole Miss because it's plenty of content for me this spring. Maybe even wrap it into this summer. How do you see this? I mean, I thought Jackson Dart had a really good year considering. Um, they didn't have a great wide receiver on the roster, which is unusual for, for Ole Miss the la- most of the time, the last 12 years or so. Um, but then he goes out and gets Spencer Sanders from Oklahoma State and Walker Howard from LSU. Uh, how do you see this thing playing out this spring or summer? Well, on my show, I had Bill Flowers. He came on and he broke down Jackson Dart his first season as quarterback. And he really stuck on the fact of his inability of usage of the middle of the field and the inability to get the ball out of his hands quickly. And I think that became more and more of a problem as the season went on and the teams got a little bit better. But Lane Kiffin seeing that is like, okay, we need to get Jackson to where he needs to be. And Jackson can absolutely do all of these things. But the only thing that's going to happen is if competition raises that level, that's really the only way to quickly raise that level. So you bring in a Spencer Sanders, who statistically is kind of the same quarterback as Jackson Dart. They may do it different ways, but you look at the numbers, they're eerily similar. So they're going to go back and forth and they're going to go at it. But this is the key, Bo, that I think everybody needs to know. And this is just my opinion. But this is the two scenarios out of three that Lane Kiffin wants to have happen next year. And that is either Jackson Dart wins the job, falls out, and goes pro. Or Spencer Sanders just wins the job. Because at the heart of this, I think 2024 becomes the target for Ole Miss, the 12-team playoffs everything and then you have a quarterback down there Walker Howard who if you look at his huddle film it's it looks like Matt Corral in 2018 Matt Corral in those early years something that we've already seen what Lane Kiffin can do developing that quarterback I think that becomes the target 
and they just want whoever to win the job this year to really ball out and just open it up for Walker. That's just my opinion. So how do you, uh, Stephen Willis with Locked On Ole Miss podcast, what, if, if Spencer Sanders wins the job, here, here's my theory this day and age, Stephen. If kids want to transfer more than once, they can. Because no, they'll just make something up, and the NCAA doesn't want to get in any kind of fight with, with student-athletes right now, legal or otherwise. Um, so if Spencer wins it, don't you think Dart finds a way out? And if Dart wins it, what does Spencer Sanders do? Uh, leave on a as a graduate transfer? How, how does this look? What? That's weird because some schools have rules like a, cer- a certain minimum number of credits have to be taken at that institution to graduate. So Spencer might not be able to graduate in one semester at Ole Miss. I'm, I'm not exactly sure about that rule. But I think you would have to think that Spencer would try to do that, but he would be in a severe disadvantage if he attempted to transfer because everybody else, you need that spring, you need that time. And all of a sudden, you know, maybe Spencer drops down to a Tulsa or something like that, to that level. But to get to the competition that he actually won at the Ole Miss level, the Mississippi State level, the Auburn level, that level, he will be at a severe disadvantage if he were to lose the job, in my opinion. Okay. So you could see all three of them on the roster because one will be named starter. And you feel confident Walker Howard, like you said, is the future. But you you could see all three on the roster Labor Day weekend, regardless of, of who wins it? Yeah, potentially. Um, just because of the logistics of getting out. And now, if, if Jackson were to lose that job, it would be a little bit of a different story because he has more time. He has a red shirt here. Mm-hmm. Um, he he can do that. So if he decided to go and decided to go back to Utah, he could do that. Um, but for Spencer Sanders, he's kind of stuck, and Walker Howard's not going anywhere because I do think whoever wins the job is going to be the number one. Walker Howard will end up being the number two, and the number three quarterback is going to be over who loses that job, in my opinion. Okay. So the options could be Spencer Sanders, if he doesn't win it, moves down or maybe graduates at some point, June or July. Jackson Dart, he's burned it, but I'm still not convinced that you can't bounce twice. I'm just not. Okay. And then Walker Howard becomes the number two. How do you, who do you think will win it? Or you no idea? I, I have no idea. Like I said, Jackson and Spencer are statistically the same quarterback. I think Jackson has all the talent in the world. He's a former Gatorade National Player of the Year. Anybody that's throwing dirt on that grave is making an absolute mistake. I do think Walker Howard's the future. But if you said, hey, Lane Kiffin, what do you want? I do think he would like Jackson Dart to ball out in 2023 and go pro. That, that's just my opinion there. Okay. Uh, so you don't think Kiffin is totally soured on Dart? No, I don't think so. I just think there's some holes that developed in his game and that was in his game that did not get addressed as quickly as he hoped it would, that he thinks competition would do that. This this is all fixable stuff. I mean, Jackson Dart, if he gets the ball out of his hands quicker, uses the middle of the field, runs the offense the way that it's meant to be run, he has all the ability to do that. I do think he's in love with the deep ball at the moment, 
for whatever reason, and the lack of an Ole Miss elite slot receiver and a tight end hurt him. So we'll see if Michael Trigg develops this year, if Jordan Watkins takes a step in the slot receiver position, you know, somebody like Caden Lee or somebody in the middle. Maybe the maybe it looks a little bit different, but we'll see. This is a huge spring for Jackson. Spencer Sander coming off of his shoulder thing at Oklahoma State. We'll see where that was. And then Walker Howard's going to get – I'm telling you, he's going to get reps with the ones and twos. And they're going to consistently do that because Walker Howard wouldn't have come to Ole Miss otherwise. Okay. Stephen uh, Willis, Locked on Ole Miss podcast, joining us on the Out of Bounds show in the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. What – how would you grade – all right, so if, if – if they hadn't lost four in a row on the way out, would we be having this conversation around the QB room, Stephen? Yeah, yeah, I don't think so. Because if you think about it, if you look at it, Ole Miss might have lost four in a row, but Jackson Dart was one of the highlights of that team during that stretch. I think that, okay, over the last few years, and this is just things that I've noticed in my opinion, if you look at the Ole Miss fan base, going back to Matt Corral versus John Rice Plumley factions developed in the fan base, they de- they decided which one was the better quarterback, and they just defended it to the end. I still hear comments about John Rice Plumley and Matt Corral today. I think <laughs> the same thing kind of happened with Luke Altmaier and um, Jackson Dart in this past quarterback competition. So Jackson has a, a hard road to hoe, essentially. Period. If he messes up, it's all confirmation bias. If he does something well, it's, it's lucky to a certain segment of the population. And the other side does the opposite of it. So I think a little bit of that is happening. But Jackson played fairly well. The competition is needed and absolutely just for development. But I don't think there was as much worry as people was letting on. I think a lot of that was happening um, because of those old takes and defending them to the death. Okay. Where do you think this team is? Uh, on defense, there seem to be a lot of Ole Miss people concerned at all three levels. I know there's talk of getting some work done in the May transfer portal. Uh, I mean, maybe a little bit. I don't know if it could be like earth shaking. You may believe it could be. Where are you on on the defensive side of the football? I think the defensive side of the ball, it could be a little clunky in year one. Um, because going to a Pete Golding defense from that three-two-six, it was a weird defense. It was essentially a defense that was anti-air raid. It, it was put there for that reason. It, basically, it gave Matt Corral fits in 2020, 2020 and um, Lane Kiffin fell in love with that. And it was really good. You had um, Mississippi State doing what they're doing. There was a lot to Alabama doing what they're doing. It was designed to affect that offense. But the difference between the SEC and the Big 12, per se, is the Big 12 will put a square peg in a round hole over and over again. And the SEC, once they figured out that they could run the ball five, six yards of play and just get that every time, the coaches took it. So the personnel was recruited for that defense. Pete Golden runs a little bit different stuff. The Jack linebacker comes to mind, like the Ole Miss recruited on late signing day, two or three players that fit that position because they didn't have it. Essentially, they were running a defense that was, you take a 3-2-6, it's basically a 4-3, and you take out the parade Jerry, the three technique, the Hulse run stopper in the middle, and then you have two defensive ends and a nose guard. Now, 
because of that, it's just going to be a little bit of a clunky fit. They're going to have to recruit there. They're going to have to transfer there. I do not think the May transfer portal is going to be that big of a deal. Um, I think there's going to be some movement, but I think the roster at this point is 97, 98% done. Um, and so they're going to have to go into year two of Pete Golding, the December transfer portal period. The December signing day are going to come on board because it's Four schools like Ole Miss and Mississippi State and Oklahoma State and Auburn, 2024 just became the seminal year in their program. The 12-team playoffs, all the teams coming in, all the new TV deals, everything. These schools need to be in a position for 2024 to make hay. Because like at Ole Miss, where a coach is making $9 million a year, that is where the rubber meets the road. So 2023, much more difficult schedule, transition. I mean, trading Kentucky at home for at Georgia is it wow. Rough. And then and and then Pete Golding kind of in a I, I think what you're telling me, a transition year and then hoping that he can land enough next year and then Walker Howard becomes the starter and you, you try to make a run at the like 10th, 11th, 12th spot in the college football playoff type deal? Yeah, Ole Miss is going to be talented enough in 2024 to make a run at that playoff. Um, they are. They need to take 2023 and maximize this, but also look towards that, develop towards that. Think about that. Do not waste 2024 on a season like this season trying to get to eight wins when you have seven, you know. I think there needs to be a little bit of big thinking because everything's going to change. I look at 2019 to 2020 and to the start of that is kind of the interim period when college sports completely changed. I think that'll be the moment to where it starts to get excellent stuff. Uh, let's go to baseball. Stephen Willis, uh, locked on Ole Miss, joining us on the Out of Bounds show. So coming off of an amazing season where at one point Bianco was just about fired. And then 60 days later, he won the national championship. You've got Hunter Elliott as your ace. You got Jacob Gonzalez at short. Uh, how would you, you know, frame up this team going into uh, this weekend and the next four months? Well, first of all, man, and I know it's there, but everybody talks about Tim Elko and his contribution to Ole Miss baseball. I think Justin Bench and Kevin Graham need to be in that statue as well, as well as Dylan DeLucci. Just do a four-player thing, put it out in front of Swayze, and, and let's go. Because those four pieces are going to be incredibly hard to replace. Um, we have Derek Vandegrift that comes on our show and gives kind of the baseball. He's kind of the baseball expert that we talked to. And he mentioned, um, you know, there's a transfer that's going out in center field that can kind of do what Justin Bench does. And there's a transfer that's going to first base that can kind of do um, what Tim Elko did, but nobody can do all of what they did. And nobody's throwing Frisbees up to the place like, plate like Dylan DeLucia. But you have Hunter Elliott and you have Grayson Saunier, who Mike Bianco said was, I think, the best freshman pitcher he's ever had. Um, you've got, like I think, Xavier Rivas, a transfer from D2 Indianapolis, who could be the Sunday guy. It's at the beginning of the season real similar to last season because there's a lot of things we just don't know. We know they could be pretty good. Jacob Gonzalez and those guys 
Hunter Elliott going to be really good, Calvin Harris. But we need to see exactly how the pieces fit together. Like, will it be, I think his name is Ethan Leach in third base. If that happens and everything fits, like I said, the beginning of the season might look a little bit different than the end of the season, just like last year. But I think this team could be pretty good. I don't know if they will they will fall off the table. Um, I think this team should be competing for Omaha at least, though. They might not win at all, but they, they should be competing for that. Where where is everybody now with with Bianco in your opinion? Now that he, you know, there there had been we've been covering him since two thousand three. With the last few years, it, it we had, on this show and the text and everything else was all kinds of Bianco fatigue. Obviously, the national championship erases a lot of it. Do you think it ra- erased all of the fatigue? I think it. It needs to have erased all of the fatigue. I, I mean, my Bianco probably has, what, 10 years left to coach him if he does, you know, he could go longer than that. But if you look at it, it's like 10, 15 years. I, I, I think he can do that. He can make a run. And now that that pressure is off of him, real similar to, like, whenever, I don't, I don't know how old you are, Bo, but if you think back to when Steve Young won that first Super Bowl, and the Joe Montana pressure that was all on that Steve Young. Sure. And they even made a joke about the monkey coming off his back. I think Ole Miss can play looser now. The the problems that they had in that first part, there's a chance that Ole Miss baseball could go on a little bit of a run just because of that pressure is gone. And we'll just have to see how that plays out. But I would look more for that to happen than any kind of fatigue. Okay. Uh, I've got a minute here. Give me the strength and the weakness on the team. Uh, strength, is, strength is going to be pitching, I do believe. I think Sonia is going to be really good. I think Hunter Elliott is going to be really good. And I do think um, power could be interesting. Like Taiwan Malone, Kemp Alderman, um, yeah, I think the ball could leave the yard a little bit. Now, I'm not talking Tennessee 2022, but leaving the ball at a pretty good clip. Leaving the yard at a pretty good clip. Okay. Um, and what do you think the weakness is of the club? Uh, weakness is probably... Or challenge. I, I, want, I want to see what um, the DH looks like. I want to see what the depth looks like coming up in the bottom line of the replacement of those players. Right. That makes sense. Okay. Uh, Stephen Willis, locked on Ole Miss. Uh, I'm glad we connected. I think we'll do this more, don't you? Yeah, this is a lot of fun, though. All right, appreciate it. Thanks for stopping by. No problem. He joined us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. We are the Out of Bounds Show, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. And he thinks whoever wins the job between Jackson Dart and Spencer Sanders, who I'm sorry, whoever loses it will be number three. That number two will be Walker Howard. And that they'll rep him as much as they can, knowing that he's the future and this will be it for Dart and Sanders in some way, shape, or form. Whether one transfers or Dart tries to go to the NFL or Sanders, if he doesn't win it, transfers down. Of course, if he wins it, he's done, right? I mean, he, yeah. he'll he'll play and then I don't know if he can go to the NFL, but he'll give it a shot. Yeah. Are you Are you buying that... Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss can think 
in the manner of we're playing for 2024 because I don't think that's how coaches work. No. I think Lane Kiffin's going, how many games can I win in 2023? No doubt. I think that, you know, I don't know where they're going to land because of the, the switch with, with grabbing Georgia. Um, well, we say they, you start 0-2, right? Georgia-Bama. I mean, we said it about Mississippi State. I think you have to say the same thing about Ole Miss to this point. Yeah, they're playing with 10 games. You haven't shown that you can beat those teams, so why would we come into the season thinking you can? And at Georgia, just to, to pull that is is brutal. We talked about Leach pulled Georgia twice in his first three years. Maybe better to play them at Georgia, though, because then it probably means you have a better winnable game at home. That's right. I mean, you're you're not beating Georgia at home or away either, so it doesn't matter. They get Vandy at home. Yeah, I mean that. Well, that's one you could play anywhere. And Arkansas. That, that that's one you want at home because you yeah. can beat Arkansas at home. It's hard to beat them at Arkansas. That's a that's one where like who cares where I play Georgia? And I'm probably getting dragged. Mississippi way. State has to go to you know they're all three very similar, right? State yeah. Ole Miss Arkansas. Yeah. MSU has to go to Arkansas. Arkansas just gets the best East pool because they always play Missouri, right? That's the. That's the yeah, catch. That's yeah. A, well, Ole Miss gets the best playing Vandy, well, but yeah. yes, that is advantageous Boy, I, for yeah. the Arkansas Razorbacks to get Mizzou. Yeah, for sure. It's a big pull. Speaking of which, we're big debate, and we didn't get into this as much last week with the Super Bowl, but we'll have plenty of time this offseason. How they do the models. Is it going to yeah. be a one plus seven, a one plus seven, eight game schedule or a three plus six, nine game schedule? You really feel like it. It's got to be three plus ESPN, six, right? Disney will come to the table with more money, and yep. unfortunately, the conference will take it. And uh, so, who are your three? That becomes the end all, be all question. Mm. Who you get paired with? Because there's probably not another shakeup coming anytime soon. So your three you got to avoid Bama. Your three permanents will shape the next twenty years of your football program. Yeah, and you know, Ole Miss has had a a. Uh, much easier road because of the Vanderbilt draw every year. Yeah. And, and as, as Bartu says, they're not just the worst team in the conference. They're the worst by far. One of the worst in power five. Yeah. Yeah. So how is that? Is Ole Miss going to be able to pull Mississippi State and Vandy in <sighs> another team? Boy, that would be... You talk about living right? Yeah. I'd be putting all my lobbying dollars behind how do I get my best three. Mm -hmm. I don't know what I got to do. How many houses Sankey needs bought? How many boats? If I can get that number from Hugh Freeze, whatever I got to do. Who's Georgia going to pull and who's Bama going to pull and who's LSU going to well, pull? Was Auburn really going to pull Georgia and Alabama in They're their not. three? No. Because that would be insane. I don't think. But see, so, told me. someone's getting screwed. Like someone's getting a threesome that is awful. It's just who's it going to be? Oh, man, live at the Bank Plus studio. Bank Plus, it's more than a name. It's a promise. Good show today. Dane Bradshaw stopped by. SEC Hoops Insider talking Jans, Dogs, Kentucky, and so on. And then uh, Stephen Willis, Locked On Ole Miss podcast, hung out with us and discussed the uh, QB1 room. It is very, very crowded. We'll see what shakes out. And... Some Ole Miss baseball. They're preseason top five and top ten in several polls. If you missed anything, hit Apple Podcast or Spotify. Search Out of Bounds with Bow Bounds. We'll see you tomorrow.